I'm Jermaine, a.k.a. Mr. Soglow. You got to say it like that, too. Soglow? You got to say it like that. Okay, I apologize for interrupting your intro. Oh, <laughs> so good. What is happening? Um, <laughs> Watch us on YouTube. You can like our videos and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can support us on Anchor. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Music, and Spotify at 16mm Film Crew Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at 16mm Crew Podcast and on Instagram at 16mm Crew. Okay, so this week we watched The King of Sky Island, um, directed by Judd Apatow, starring Pete Davidson, Marissa Tomei, Maude Apatow, Bill Burr whole bunch of people um and yeah <laughs> so we're gonna jump right into it um it's like a semi-autobiographical movie based on pete davidson's life so how did we all feel about this movie joy pete <laughs> davidson is acting like himself again Woo! <laughs> join the pity party I actually didn't yeah, think it was that bad. <laughs> but, but I share the main sentiment that I just said earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're shaking your head. What's up? I do not like I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like Jermaine said, I kind of can't give the movie high praise because it's kind of a biographical picture mm-hmm. on Pete Davidson. And it's Pete Davidson being Pete Davidson. Like, we saw that with um, Big Time Adolescence. So, mm-hmm. I can't understand why all these critics are praising his role. Like, it's kind of hard for you to fuck up acting in a movie about yourself. Like, I, I don't I don't get it. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of didn't like the movie. I was like, yo, this guy's just like a constant fuck up who just doesn't learn. And it's the same thing. It's like, Honestly, watching Big Time Adolescence again. Oh, he's with his stoner friends. Check. Oh, they smoke a hell of weed. Check. He's friends with... He befriends kids. Check. I mean, yeah, I mean... There's nothing to say about it. I mean, honestly, a lot of the time I was bored. I was waiting for him to grow up. And it didn't happen until the, five, the last five minutes of, oh, yeah, I learned from my dad, so now I'm going to do better. We're constantly, periodically through the movie, everybody's telling you to do better. Your sister's telling you to do better. Your mother, your mother's boyfriend, like, other family members, and you don't. it doesn't click until, oh, yeah, these, these firemen told me about my dad. So, and it kind of makes me not like Pete Davidson even, even more. No. I didn't like him before. <laughs> so, I mean... So yeah, I don't I don't know. So I was thinking he was funny, but now I'm just like I'm just kinda turned off. I was like, I don't really care anymore. Yeah. I feel like every other word's gonna be like, Ah, oh, my childhood sucked. Oh, I'm depressed. Oh, Ariana Grande said nice things to me. But I didn't know what that meant because my life sucked so bad. I uh, felt like that's an overtone of everything. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to grow up. I'm a big kid that likes to smoke weed. I like to partake in the Mary Janes of this world. 
I don't know, man. This is is big time adolescence over again. I will say that was better than big time adolescence. I think the director made a big difference. And um, maybe some of the casting choices. Pete Davidson's acting was mediocre. But it's hard, like you said, Dale, it's hard to judge because he's basically playing himself. But even so, you're still only acting at a mediocre level. But on the plus side, some of those jokes did hit. I was laughing at some of them jokes, though. Um, I thought (laughs) there was a little bit of a racist undertone to it. And that's with uh, Pepe and a black guy that was in the restaurant. I was like, why the black guy had to be dancing and all this stuff like that? That was so funny. Are you kidding? I was crying laughing when I saw that. Why? But I mean, do we have to be the clowns all the time? I mean, I didn't see it as racist. I did see. (laughs) I did see how they tried. Like, you know how? Okay, have you guys ever watched like Skins? Not Skins. Um, dang. Misfits, B- BBC, and it kind of BBC shows. Well, Chavs, uh, Chavs, basically, like British versions of rednecks. It's like, and like that's the stereotype that they were placing on Staten Island in a way. Like, oh, they're New York's version of rednecks in a way. I saw that, so that's what I saw. So, okay. I loved this movie. I thought it was great. I was like laughing and I was also emotional at the end. It was a really good movie. I think Judd Apatow is really good at uh, finding comedy in like in tough situations and making it funny because I guess that's what you have to do in life, I suppose, to then get through it. But um, and then also bringing like heart to it. Cause he did that. He did that. He does. He does that in all his movies, actually. Like funny people or knocked up or something like that. Where it's like you're like you're kind of there for the jokes, but then suddenly you're like, oh hey, I actually felt something for these people. Um, I ne- I didn't see Big Time Adolescence, so I don't know what the comparisons would be to that movie. I did see Pete in another movie on Netflix called Set It Up, where he was not playing himself. He was playing an actual character. He was pretty good in that. So like I. I think he's good. I think he's good at doing what he knows how to do best. And I feel like there are a lot of actors who do that, like The Rock or Chris Hemsworth or other people who know their niche and they just do that because they know what people expect of them. And it works out for them. I mean, they're getting paid, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> they have careers. So, I mean, I can't hang on it. I actually really like Pete Davidson. I think he's super honest in ways that most people aren't, in ways that most men aren't. So like, I have no issue with him. I think he's, I think he's funny. I think he, I think he's good at observing things and being quick with whatever he has to say. So I actually enjoyed it. I loved Marissa Tomei in this. I think she's amazing. I feel like she's kind of underrated, but like, she's awesome. And she brought a lot to this film. And it's funny because like, I was doing research about his actual life because this is sort of based on his life. And all of those guys who he was hanging out with, um, all of his stoner friends are his friends in real life. So he put all of them in the movie. Um, 
uh, his sisters in the movie. <laughs> like, he just put his people in the movie. And I was like, that's so dope. Like, that's what you should do when you make it. Like, you got to bring all your homies with you. Like, you're not doing that, then you're not real. But um, I, I like that it felt like it felt like his story. And he was just, he was basically saying in interviews that, like, it really helped him heal, like, from his grief from losing his dad. Um, he never actually dealt with it, which is interesting because his dad died, like, when he was very young. And it took him until now to, like, actually deal with the the, the realities of that death and what it, the impact that it made on his life and everything. And um, the fact that he doesn't, like, kind of get his stuff together until the very end is probably reminiscent of what happened in his real life. Like, he's just, he's, like, in his mid-20s, he's just now starting to, like, piece things together. And basically, he's saying, like, this film is, it's like an ultimate version of what his life would be if he didn't have comedy. Like, he would just be, like, a loser <laughs> walking around Staten Island, like, not doing anything. Um, but, yeah. So, I thought I thought this movie was really honest. The soundtrack slaps so hard. Um, I thought everyone did a really good job. I felt like there were some pacing issues. It felt a little bit, some scenes felt a little bit longer than they needed to be. But um, other than that, I think the writing was really strong. And I think all of the supporting characters, everyone who was a part of this world, it made it feel realistic. And if you're from New York, you know that Staten Island is really like, it, it is the joke of the, <laughs> of our of our state. Like, so the fact that they cared enough to make a movie about it is funny to me, but um, important to them. So I liked it. I thought it was, I thought it was really good. Sorry for my review. I mean, his character, like, you sympathize for him, but he's not really, like, the movie, I understand it's biographical, but I'm doing this from a movie perspective. Mm. The movie doesn't give you any reason to cheer for him at all. Like, I I don't, like, there's nothing there to, like, I'm, in, like, I've dealt with depression, and, like, everybody has their moments when they're coming, they're growing up, where you have that moment where you, everything kind of clicks and you get it. Mm. But with him, I don't know, which, which, which again, it comes to the whole theory of life doesn't make sense, but movies have to, which is kind of always a season you have a biographical films in a way, because life is, life is just chaotic, like, bar none. But in a movie, there's usually always rhyme or reason. And the movie, like, if probably if I knew Pete Davidson in real life, I could sympathize more. But since I'm watching it as a movie, and the movie's not giving me any reason to, like, you know, cheer for him and help hope that he gets his shit together, it's kind of hard to, like, there's that block there in a way, you know? Maybe if I had seen maybe him as a kid dealing with those issues as well, maybe I could say sympathize, like, okay, this is why he is the way he is, you know, X, Y, and Z. Like, the scene where his mom is like, oh, I'm dating again, and he goes off on a tirade, like, oh, you're just dating another fireman, it's gonna repeat it happen. He goes to the baseball game with, like, uh, Bill Burr, uh, what Johnny Dame is there and he goes on a rant like firefighters shouldn't have kids or whatever. I'm like, they're giving me no reason to want to see you become a better person at all. You've ne- you haven't shown those hints. Like the only time we get that hint is when he's with kids. You know? Mm-hmm. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think I think me. the movie it kinda like it does kind of bank on you already knowing who he is. Yeah. Like as a separate entity, like an actual person. Because I feel like if you don't have that background, you're going to come to it and you're going to be like, what? Why? <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense. But I feel yeah. like maybe they're making the movie for people who already do know him and his story. So it makes it kind of 
That's like it. That's like if you haven't seen a single Marvel movie and then you just watched Endgame. Like you're not gonna understand anything that's going on. So maybe yeah. that's kind of the the thought process behind it. Like, okay, whoever's coming to see this film would have already known his story a little bit, so they're not coming to a cold. But that's just my. I don't know if that's true, but I'm just thinking. Yeah, no, that's understandable. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought someone else was going to do Okay, let's rate it. I'll give it a 6 out of 10. Average. That's it. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think. That's why I was like... <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll probably give it a, a 6 out of 5. For me. 6 out of 5? No, 6 out of 10. I don't know why I said 5. 6 out of 10. Um, did it have to be made? No, was it made? Yeah, I mean, I could have done without it, in a way, but I'll give it a six out six six point five out of ten. So yeah, I would give it a seven point five out of ten, but that soundtrack went so hard that it's getting it's getting like a. <laughs> Ooh, that soundtrack was so good. Like, <laughs> I mean, they threw Kid Cudi in there. I'm sorry. No, there's so much Cudi. I am like a Kid Cudi stan right now because I listened to the first song, the opening, the opening song when he's driving down the road and he's like closing his eyes because he wants to like die. I found that song, bro, and then like I found all of his music and I was like, how did I? Miss Hold that? up, wait, wait. So you just now listen to Kid Cudi? Well, no, no. When I was younger, I listened to like Day and Night and like make like I listened to the like the early stuff, but I haven't, I haven't been, I haven't been put onto all the rest of that stuff. Oh man! As I've grown up, so I'm just now coming to like all of his yo yo. I tell you, I'm a Stan, like I am a stan at that guy. That anyway, is my junior year of college, straight up, all the Kid Cudi albums. And the fact that, like, because Pete Davidson loves Kid Cudi, and he was just like, "Yo, this guy saved my life. Like, I would have killed myself if not for his music." And I went back and listened to it. And I was like, "Yeah, no, I completely understand how so many people like related to it, and like, it got them through their depression." And I was just like, "Yo, you're a top five dog. Like, I love that band." Anyway, anyway. Everybody, it's getting everybody, because of that, yeah. Everybody has an artist they relate to. Yeah. I had a roommate. My one of my roommates in college was Katie Cuddy. The other one, for some reason, was Drake. For me, it was like Childish Gambino. But everybody has that one artist that they yeah. understand completely. So. Oh yeah. But. Getting it, yeah, that's to me. <laughs> that. Oh, okay. Moving on, we watch Memento. Which was, was it the first movie by Chris Nolan? I don't remember. It might not have been the first one, but it might have been the first major one that, like, grabbed people's attention. Yeah. Um, starring Guy Pierce. Um, This movie, like, I've known about this movie for a long time. So I kind of knew what the plot was going to be. Before I watched it, which was extremely helpful, because if I had come to this not knowing anything, I'd be so confused. Um, but I, ha I mean, Chris Nolan, he's kind of a genius. Like, I don't, I mean, there isn't really any other way to, like, say it. Because to, to make a movie about telling a story backwards means that you have to do all the work to figure out how it's going to be going in sequence before you can even, like, 
before you can shoot it, before you can really write it. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to know what the story is before you can shoot it backwards. Like it's so, it's so, I don't, I don't understand his mind. Like his mind is on another, I did. I'm out of words. To be honest, I don't think that man sleeps at night because he'd be thinking about having memory loss. He'd be thinking about being in your, in your dreams, inside of a dream. This man thinking about seeing the future. And then, but living in the present, I don't know how this man sleeps at night. That, those are some heavy concepts. That would give me a headache mm-hmm. and probably some nightmares. <laughs> He's a genius. Like, <laughs> that's all. He's a genius. Um, oh, I don't have the summary. My bad. Um, <laughs> oh, I got it. I got it, guys. This one's pretty simple. A man with short-term memory loss attempts to track down his wife's murderer. Yes. Okay, boom. That's <laughs> it. There it is. That's it. Uh, it was so well put together as to like I thought I was watching something the black and white I thought was the present tense, but it's actually the past. Mm-hmm. And then everything in color is what's happening in the present. And then they have this other like side storyline that kind of helps you understand his condition or like what's going on with him I was like Christopher Nolan's movies are movies that you have to really watch like a bunch of times well at least for me to understand what he's really trying to say um I don't I don't really know what he's trying to say other than like memory subjective but I it was so well done I didn't even care I didn't even care if there was a point or if there wasn't a point (laughs) I was just like this is good I mean good that, that was the point though because I remember him um, Guy Pierce and um, what's the the guy who plays Teddy they had that same conversation he was like are you sure you can trust your memories and he's like he's saying vehemently these aren't memories they're facts because I, I wrote everything down and through the course of the movie once everything concludes near the end it kind of realizes oh these aren't facts these are his memories just being misconstrued because he can't remember the order because he willingly decides to burn the photo so he doesn't have the full connection of what's going on. Um, I will say this. I never watched this movie before. I've heard about it. It's like I looked it up. It's his second movie. Mm. I never watched it before. And for me to watch it, I had to kind of really focus. And it was still disconjointed. It wasn't till the end where stuff transitioned from black and white to color where I go, wait, something is wrong. And then throughout watching the movie, I realized... How they kept jumping, I was like, "Oh, your movies—the movie is going to reverse." So if you go in dry, not knowing anything about this movie, that you're going to be lost. And I had to rewatch. Somebody online had recut it mm-hmm. in chronological order, so I could get wow. it to make. So it kind of messes with the dialogue a bit, yeah, in I a think... way. But it does help you understand the movie and how, if you watch it that way, you kind of see the Easter eggs earlier mm-hmm. of what's going on. I thought that was really a really nice touch. He, I think he has, he's, oh, his theme is always like time time and memory and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I think the only time he's went away from that, Christopher Nolan, is the Batman movies. Oh, yeah. Other than that, he kind of keeps his consistent theme of, you know, memories, time, those kind of human condition kind of things. So he probably does not sleep. You're right, Jermaine. Uh, um, I don't know how his mind works. Like, what is he thinking? Like, why? 
like why is this like these specific subjects like really like the like pieces of his work like what does it mean to him I really maybe I should watch like a actual interview where he talks about it because I haven't done that yet but <laughs> I just it's just so like it's just so deep and I'm like what are you trying to like what is it that's so interesting to you about this stuff because to me I'm like <laughs> but I mean and the fact that you watched it in the right order and you said it sounded kind of off just proves that he did the work so that when you watch, so like you the, watching it in the order that he said it in, it makes more sense. Like he structured it so well that it, it, it flowed yeah. in a certain type of way that, you know what I'm saying? Like that it would work watching the story backwards. Like that's really just the amount of time they must have put into like that script just to figure that crap out. I don't even, I don't even know. And Guy write Pierce, the movie forwards and then write it backwards yeah. again. Right. And Guy Pierce is so interesting, and he he does such an amazing job in this role because it's mostly about him. So like he really had to carry that movie, and he did a great job. And he's a really great underrated actor as well. Like I feel like he does not get the credit that you, that's due to him. He's fantastic. His supporting cast was pretty good too. Yes. Teddy. Was that the girl from um, The Matrix? Uh. Catherine Moss. Trinity? Yeah, that's Trinity. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I was like, that girl looks not from me. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking that too, but I was like, yeah. Why does she look like I've seen her before? Like. And uh, the, the, the cop friend is always the cop in the Bad Boys movies, who's their, their, their boss. Wow. <laughs> the, the, and I realized that the, you saw, okay, if you've seen the Batman movies and maybe Fast, uh, this, what? The second Fast and Furious movie, the guy who's the hotel clerk, I think he's in every Nolan movie for some reason because he was in the Batman movies as a corrupt cop, as well. Oh. So oh, okay. I don't know. You you if you yeah. want if he's the guy who gets hung upside down as like you know rabbits and bears and he drops him down, that's him. But yeah, tr- like the scene with Trinity is where I actually realized the structure of the movie. Because they did a little pause where she goes outside and then comes back in, and he kind of freaks out. That's when I realized, oh shit! And I, from there, I was like, oh damn! But yeah, no, this movie is wonderfully put together. Wonderful. I mean, it's Nolan, so yeah. yeah. Being that's, his, that's his that's second early. movie, yeah, that's early Nolan. So that's how you know so, that he's amazing <laughs> for that, because he hadn't even touched the other stuff yet. He was already yeah. that good. So yeah, he's a genius, and that's all. I that's bash that on that but i thought it, it was interesting that both of like these movies had people who were heavily tattooed and i was like uh-huh. oh that's hilarious to me but um that little little thing there man was doing um, throwing tats yeah that pen yeah do your own tattoos that's like yes. i feel like that's hard you have to have a pity hand <laughs> oh. anyway and be willing to like hurt yourself i guess yeah Look, after a while, it must not hurt. I don't know. I think it hurt every time. You just probably get used to it. Yeah, maybe that's it. All right, well, what are we... I want to know how the movie resolves, though. Like, after all that's done, like, we see the beginning of the black and white scene where he kills Teddy. I want to know what happens after that, because now your memories... You can't function after that. You know, the way his memories work. He's going to go off notes. He's going to try and find somebody he's already killed. You know? Mm. Right. Yeah. Right. And then I just like there was a part in the movie where he said that um, 
he doesn't have a concept of time. And that really shows throughout the movie because you jump back and forth so much that you almost lose concept of time yourself if you don't actually look and see how this movie was made. So it was at the end of the movie, you're kind of like in his shoes, mm-hmm. in his mindset. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, I love that. I love that you don't know anything that the character doesn't know. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. That would make for, to pull this kind of movie off. I feel like you, the audience couldn't be like too caught on to what was going on because um, the experience would be just it would be shift. It would be really different. So the fact that I was in his mindset and everything that he was saying, I could it was like unverifiable and I couldn't trust it. And I was just like, what is happening? It made the experience a lot more like. I was like, oh my gosh, my head feels like it's about to explode. I just want him to like figure it out. <laughs> um, so, what do we name this film? Giving it, me personally... Like, had I not, like, watched it in chronicle order, I'm like, yo, I'm confused this whole time. I would have gave it, like, a a 7.5 mm. because I, I was really confused. But after watching it like this movie needs multiple viewings to actually get it we'll get it so now after like watching it twice and then watching it in chronological order i probably give it like a 8.5 out of 10 almost a nine but yeah see i would give it an eight out of ten i want to give it a nine but at the same time you have to watch it twice because one time isn't enough there's too many layers in it. Um, I also love that era, that time period of film. Everybody has some like a weird type of swag. It's like almost a little extra. You can see it in Guy Pearce's walk and the way he dressed and stuff like that. I really appreciated that. But um, it was very story driven. If you added a little bit better cinematography, you know, give me a little bit of nicer things to look at, I'd probably give it a higher score, but overall this was a pretty excellent movie. I'd go and see it again a couple times. Yeah, I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10, um, just because of the idea to do this, to, to tell a story this way and use that story device and have it not be distracting, but to actually, like, make it, you know, make it make sense. Like, it, it was it was the vessel to, like, shepherd us through this entire experience. And just for the creativity to think about that stuff and to execute it really well, he's getting high marks from me. Also, the fact that he trusted the audience to be intelligent enough to understand what he was doing um, and not shift whatever he came up with in his mind to, like, cater to anyone. Like, he didn't, it seemed like whatever vision he had for this film, he ex- he did it, like, and he did it well. So he's getting a nine out of ten from me. This movie's great. And yeah, that's it. Okay, over to you, Dale. So today, it's been a busy, busy, busy week. Um, You know, sorry, it's all, speaking of Nolan, you know, Nolan's been pushed back, Tenet's been pushed back. Um, to August 12th. So has, and as a result, uh, the Bill and Ted Face the Music movie is now August 28th. 
Um, yeah, Mulan, they weren't moving it before, but now it's gone from March, then to July, and now it's moved to August 21st. So, yeah, the movie dates are constantly flip-flopping. I think they're trying hard not to, like, digitally re- release it. And I think now that everybody realizes how, how, you know, a little too late how serious COVID might be, the movie studios are scrambling now to, re- to release these movies some way. Um, Anthony Mackie and Taven, David Diggs, or David Diggs, I'm sorry if I pronounced his name wrong, they had, um, they were on Variety's Actors on Actors interview where they spoke about both being the prospective leads of their series, Anthony Mackie being the lead of um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, David Diggs being the male lead, the lead in um, Snowpiercer. Um, Mackie kind of said he wished Marvel had more diversity. He kind of spoke on the fact that during the process of being in those movies, they kind of had an all-white crew and everything. But he goes on to say um, Black Panther was the inverse. It was all-black everything. And he felt that was kind of racist. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm a person who... I'm a person, if you're the best person for the job, get the job, no matter race, color, or creed. Well, creed, no. Because some some people's creeds are, not, are vehemently wrong. But... <laughs> I don't think race or sexual preference should play into people's jobs. Like, if you're good, you're good. Point blank, mm-hmm. period. Um, which is the same thing um, Sandra Oh spoke about with um, when she was speaking with um, Kerry Washington. Because mm-hmm. she had those difficulties um, with Killing Eve. She's She kept saying, she said um, on Grey's Anatomy that there were some men, there were some women, there were some black men. But as far as being with, um, she said British productions are far behind when they're diversity. Mm-hmm. And she also said um, she kind of did go a little back and forth with the writers on Grey's because they're trying to avoid pushing racial issues. And she was, she's, a, she's of the mindset of saying, if I'm playing this character, I should have an interest in how the storyline goes. And that is that. Oh, and also The Boys Season 2 arrives September 4th, and the Umbrella Academy returns July 31st. Thank you, Jesus. And that's that. <laughs> Yay. I really enjoyed the Umbrella Academy. Hopefully, Mary J. Blige shows up again. I'm ready for the boys. That on the mind. Yeah. I can't wait to see that. Disappointed about the delays in the films, but honestly, like, they want, I know Christopher Nolan wants those theaters to be packed to see his movie. So he's doing everything in his power to make sure that <laughs> when the theaters reopen, that everyone's back in that joint. And I mean, like, I don't blame him. That movie probably cost a lot of money to make. So, like, I understand. Right. I'm not even mad at it. Um, it's just disappointing because I want it. I was ready to see it. So um, <laughs> that's why I'm upset. But I'll get over it. Um. Okay, so what have we been watching this week, if we've been watching anything? Jeez, I don't watch anything this week. Nope. I watched the BET Awards. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I heard there were better plans online and being fully virtual in a way than they are in live. Which is funny. 
That is funny. That is funny, but yes, true. Um, when you watch it live, there are crazy things that kind of happen camera-wise and their miscues when they're presenting artists and stuff like that. You didn't have that problem here. In fact, <laughs> it was like um, when everybody performed it, they did their own little uh, mini music video, and that was actually pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. Um, Beyonce... Queen B won the Humanitarian Award and was presented by Miss uh, the First Lady, our forever First Lady, Miss Michelle Obama, mm-hmm. who, who was rocking a natural look. I was like, all right, all right. I see you, Miss First Lady. Have the hair out. I love that. Man, I miss, I miss those guys. Yeah. I, I did see that picture of Beyonce and I was like, okay, that you know, that muted color grade that they went for. Mm-hmm. It it gave her it helped her with her that whole glow that she has, you know. Yeah. You know, it's the saturated colors, you know, it works for her. She didn't look um, strange. Hmm? She did not look strange to you guys. No, like because I visually I knew what they were doing. Like I knew it was a decent saturated look, so I wasn't going to, I didn't think about it. I was like, okay, I know what they're doing. I'm like, wow. I mean, this is probably, I think that's why she stands out because she went through the extra effort to actually mm-hmm. do that while other people look like they had either webcams or iPhone videos. Mm-hmm. Beyonce had like a production team and, and mm-hmm. edited it together. Also, while plugging that her, she's having a visual album released on Disney+. Plus. Yep. Black is King. It comes out the 31st. Yeah, I heard yeah. her first little black creator, and I was like, nah, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> New um, Beyonce, a little weird. <laughs> I will say this. I'm impressed with uh, Chloe and Haley. How many times this week did they have to film a video for Do It? They are um, <laughs> They are the things that we need in the world today. I can't tell you how good that Do It video is. It's Oh my god, it's amazing, and they are awesome. Like, if you haven't listened to their album, you need to go listen to it because it's fantastic. Um, they're the queens. They're the queens. That's it. If they performed a, they performed an in-home concert like, I tell like almost a hundred, like ten times in the past two weeks for every show for the Today Show, for for BT, for the global thing, for the graduation thing. They filmed a music video for that that song, like. Uh, and then yeah, they an actual times. music video, like an actual music video for the song, yeah. plus all these other videos for all these other networks. Like, oh. they are out here grinding, and I'm here for it. They're awesome. They are awesome. Anyway, I respect their hustle. I respect their hustle too. Uh, me, I watched. I just got. I have HBO Max now, so I kind of watched. Um, all right. I watched Fast and Furious, the <laughs> one with The Rock and Jason Statham. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, this is nice, I guess. Because it's The Rock being The Rock. And then you, they have their, you know, you see um, Kevin Hart pop in and him making jokes of The Rock. And whatever. I thought it was a, it's a rock movie. Oh, okay, um, so this is the, the side project that you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. So... 
I will I see the sequel to it? Probably not. But um, and because I got HBO Max, I figured out what I'm going to marathon now as my as my show that I'm going to catch on that I've been waiting for. I'm yeah. going to watch The Wire for the first oh, time. Okay. Yes. Okay. I said I'm not doing Game of Thrones. I'm going to do The Wire. Mm. So we'll see how that goes. Game of Thrones got kicked to the curve again. I know mm-hmm. you wouldn't make it. Should have that. I found a better <laughs> show. <laughs> it's okay. I'm, I'm all the way. Um, yeah. I'm there. I'm uh, there for my man's. He's the main actor. I watched 2001 A Space Odyssey, which is Stanley Kubrick's film. Okay. It was um, <laughs> super interesting. I don't. Yeah, I feel like Kubrick is one of those people in film or cinema that is like regarded as like Jesus or something. I don't know, like uh, whatever. He's like the father. I don't know what he's supposed to be, but like he means a lot to a lot of people in this business because he's very like I don't know the thing that he does is it's artistic and avant garde and blah blah blah. And I mean, I gotta say, he he did do he did he did a thing with that. So I can't even like hate on him. It was very long. It was almost three hours. Um, there was hardly any dialogue, and it took place in space. And they filmed it during the '60s, so it was very interesting. I had to like watch other videos to figure out like what the hell he was trying to say with that movie because they didn't make it I was just like what what <laughs> like what but um, I did understand what he was trying to do with it now that I've seen it and um it it's visually stunning like you can't it's it's so gorgeous like it's probably one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen ever so I mean that's something. And that was made before like the big blockbusters, before you had CGI, before you had any of that stuff. So the fact that he was able to accomplish what he did was fantastic. It looked awesome. And I also saw all of those influences, all of his influences from that movie. I've seen it in other stuff. So like when you shoot with like with the ceiling and shot and you can see everything like that. I don't know if that makes any sense. Um, yeah, that's yeah, it was. If you have time to like watch it, I would say watch it. It is long though, but if you got time to watch it, watch it. Really you good. you gotta mentally prepare to watch a Kubrick film. Yeah, you gotta put your brain on. <laughs> I I I I kind of kidnapped my friends in college, and we took over the editing room, mm-hmm. and jacked the big TV that was in there, and um, yeah. I made them watch a Clockwork Orange. And to see their faces of confusion watching that movie is hilarious. Yeah. So now every time we're getting together to watch a movie, I bring up a clock of orange and they just get like numb flashbacks in their face. Cause <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you gotta be prepared for Kubrick. Yeah. I wasn't prepared for that because this is the first movie I've seen like pull through because I didn't finish A Clockwork Orange. If you guys remember that review, um, I didn't watch all of it. So. This is the first film I've seen like all the way through and I was like, yeah, he he deserves the hype. He's he's very good. <laughs> yeah, he was.
I also rewatched Uncut Gems on Netflix party with my friends. And I was like, okay, they're gonna watch a movie and I picked it for them. So they all we all watched it together. And it was so funny because my friend was like, How did they get all these black people in this random movie? I was like <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's the Sassies, you know what I'm saying? Like they they're cool with everyone. They're cool with mad black people. But it's funny because like they're not film people, so it was funny to introduce that movie to them. Um, they were like, I have a headache, but it was good. And I was just like, wow. As a <laughs> it was exciting to do that. So I think I'm going to do that again, just throw some, like, throw the movies that we watch their way, just to see what their, you know, reactions are. That was fun. And also a great movie. Uncle Jim's is awesome. Um, so good, man. So good. So yeah, that's all. Is that any other comments, questions, concerns, random thoughts? Hmm. Okay. No. Cardi and um, Kanye West might have a cartoon coming out. He could have a podcast doing, and I'm very excited about it. Like, <laughs> very excited. I don't know. He's you mean kind of weird. their their anime? It's weird. But yeah. I like uh, I was thinking it was a cartoon, but you said anime. Now I'm not interested anymore. That's what I saw it advertised as. I don't. I don't know if it is. It's based on his um, uh, the uh, sea ghost. Um, the sea ghost. I love this man. I love this man. We're trying to move on with our lives, so let's get it together. Um, we can't afford another dry year like this year in movies. Yeah, we're dry. Dry. Anyway, <laughs> um, wash your hands. Um, support all of the movements that you need to support. You know what they are. I think it's tough. Awesome. And our one year anniversary is coming up, so we would love to hear what you guys think we should do for it. And my birthday's also coming up, so <laughs> there's something there. Yeah. There's something there. So I'm gonna yeah. do my birthday. I don't know what's gonna be, but I'm gonna figure it out. Um, and yeah, we will talk to you guys later.